Hello, dear friends. Welcome back. Bears, um, come follow me, Faithful Answers to New Testament Questions. We have made it to week 50. If you have stuck in here through this whole series, oh my goodness, thank you. This has been a very, very good year. It's been so fun for me to do this, and we're almost done. Um, the whole year, this goal has been to give you kind of a peek into how your evangelical friends or family members might view the scriptures a little bit differently than you. Some of the questions that both sides have and, and just how to talk to them, have a better conversation. I have been so grateful to get to do this. I've clarified my own thinking on some things and I've come to learn some new things. I hope some of what I've had to offer has been helpful for you. I've received so many kind, sweet notes um, from many of you. I am so grateful to have met you. I wouldn't have met you in any other way except for this project. So super kind of mixed feelings coming to the end of this. Um, however, I we've alluded to this before on this show. Um, the We're doing Book of Mormon next year, and the same format just doesn't work, right? Evangelicals don't read the Book of Mormon. The doctrine that comes up there, they don't believe in or don't care about. That's not a conversation that's kind of naturally going to come up for them. Um, it's worked this year because we're doing New Testament and it'll work again when we do Old Testament. I'll probably sort of revise this concept and do it for the Old Testament books. Um, but for right now, um, the end of this year will be the end of this series and we have three episodes left. Um, next week, well, this week we're talking about Revelation. Um, next week we're talking about Christmas. Um, the following week, what I really want to do is gather up any questions that you have had, like, why do evangelicals think this? Or how do you, how do you talk to them about this? Would love to just do like rapid fire, work through whatever questions you have to send in. I have a collection of them in email already. If you have a question, put it um, down in the comments, or you can send me an email, um, jroach at fairlatterdaysaints.org. I'd love to fit in as many as possible. So hit me up if you got something. Um, tiny bit more business before we start. Um, I have, I've teased you already a little bit about what will happen next. And so I want to tell you two things. First, um, there will be a new concept taking over this weekly format of the show. And it's closely related to the Book of Mormon. Has to do with supporting people who are helping loved ones through a faith crisis. I think you are going to love it. Um, I've been in on the planning of some of that, and I think it's going to be really good. I will not be hosting that one, but I know who is, and I am very excited for you to get a lifetime of wisdom from them on this topic. Um, it, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. Trust me. Um, we also have a new show coming out. Um, it'll be a little bit different in that it's a topical show and we're going to do some little mini series, five or six episodes in a series on specific topics. Um, and we're going to take a topic and look at it from a historical point of view, a cultural point of view, a textual, a psychological, a, like it, every single way that we can think of to, to look at something. And mostly we're focusing on issues that kind of cause people to move towards a faith crisis or kind of cause them to go, wait, what? Like, I I thought I understood my faith and now I don't understand my faith. Um, so I will be one of three hosts on that show and there's kind of a whole team of us working on it. So hopefully you can expect some higher production values. Um, 
a little bit a little bit more interactive stuff with other people being on that show. Um, Sarah Allen is one of the hosts. If you don't know Sarah, she is the one who wrote that 70-part response to the CES letter. No one is a better researcher on what's in the CES letter than Sarah. She is the most comprehensive response to it. Um, you can find that on the FAIR website. Um, she she is phenomenal, so she will be hosting that with me as well. Um, and Zach Wright is is working with us. Zach is a young scholar, um, super bright kid. I think I'm old enough to be his mom. Don't tell him that, but I think it's true. Um, but I really enjoy him a lot. He does the podcast for FAIR called By Faith and By Study, which is really all about how do you evaluate sources? How do you decide if something is a good source to listen to? Um, he's bright and quick. And if you don't know him yet, I think you're really going to enjoy him too. And the three of us will be presenting this um, show to you. We're really excited. Yesterday we filmed um, some trailers for it that I think are coming out right around January 1st. One of them is silly. One of them is just us laughing a lot, to to be perfectly honest. And the other two will give you a little more of a clue of what's going on with that show. Excited for you to see that. Um, oh, last thing. I want to tell you about this. Um, I, last week, I got to film with two of our partners, um, did some episodes that you might want to go check out with um, the Scripture Central show called Let's Get Real with Stephen Jones. Went down and visited their studio and had a great chat with Stephen or with Stephen Jones. Um, and then I went on Saints Unscripted, which is also a partner affair. We love them. Um, went into their studio and filmed with them. Both of those episodes are on kind of my main research interest, which is um, sexual abuse in the church and how our church handles that and how our church deals with that. You can check out those videos on their respective channels. If you would like to highly recommend um, all really all of the work that they do, they are partners to us for, for good reason. We love, we're, Huge fans. Love what they do. Okay, let's get started for today. We are going to talk about the book of Revelation. The reality is that evangelicals and Latter-day Saints alike are very confused by this book. Also frequently kind of afraid of it, kind of intimidated by it, um, extremely prone to taking it out of context. Um why? Well, frankly, it's just a weird book. And and the reality is everyone, every group, every group that cares about the Bible in any way whatsoever struggles with Book of Revelation. It's not just evangelicals. It's not just us. We're all kind of grappling with like, what is this thing? Um, and it's tricky because it's a it's a vision. It's a dream. Dreams get real weird. They they have symbols that intermix and morph and mix again. And you see that in the book of Revelation. Um, another way to say sort of the same thing is the book of Revelation is can be treated as a really subjective text. It has a meaning, right? John is writing it with some meaning in mind, but he doesn't really let us in on what that meaning is. So because there's all this symbolism, a, a lot of what happens is we, tend to treat it subjectively well nobody knows what this means so we're just going to make it mean whatever we want to mean um and kind really every group does that same thing too um if if you know what a rorschach test is that's the like the ink blots the psychologist would hold up you know tell me what you see um 
we, we kind of treat revelation like a Rorschach test sometimes. It's ambiguous. We look at it and make some best guesses and the guesses probably reveal more about ourselves than they do about the actual text. And, and that's what you do with the Rorschach test, right? You're revealing something about you, not really the ink blot. Um, it's not exactly the most efficient or effective way to read the book of Revelation. Mostly we get just a lot of our own thoughts kind of reflected back to us. It, it is what a lot of people do, though. Um, if you think about a scenario where, like, imagine you were at a party and you were telling your dream to someone at a party. And all of your friends are there. You've got five friends there. And all of them could offer a very different interpretation about what your dream is about, mostly based on, like, what they're bringing to the experience. And and who's right? Who has the right dream interpretation? Like, who's to say? Because um, the meaning isn't spelled out. And that's kind of how we treat Revelation. Um, this gets complicated for evangelicals and Latter-day Saints alike. Um, yeah. honestly, we're not here today to dive into the meaning of the book of Revelation. There are other people who are doing that. Go check out the scripture essential videos. I told you I love them. Um, they will walk you through it, right? And you'll, and you'll, and you'll learn some stuff. Um, we are not doing that today with the book of Revelation. What I want to do is help you understand, um, sort of two different ways that evangelicals view this book. And and how Latter-day Saints actually sort of take some from both sides and, and merge them together um, to, to view it a little bit differently. Um, the differences here, they really come down to beliefs about prophecy, covenants, and dispensations. Those are the three factors at play for how you're going to read Revelation. But let me back up and tell you why that's even important. Um, the book of Revelation is a very specific type of prophecy called apocalyptic literature. Um, a regular prophecy foretells something in the future, but not necessarily like on a global scale, not something that's going to impact every single human being. For example, in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, we get this prophecy that says Babylon will rule over Judea for 70 years. Okay. If you were alive in that day, if you were a Babylonian, if you were living in Judah, that's a pretty earth shaking prophecy for you. However, you and I living today, all these years later, our lives have literally zero impact on the fact that that event happened, that happened for 70 years. Would our lives be any different if it had happened for 60 years or 80? Like, no, it impacts the people. Then we're able to look back and see how God is using that in history um, don't really change anything about your life. Like that's, that's the normal type of prophecy. Apocalyptic literature or apocalyptic prophecy is different because it predicts something that will impact all of humanity. Like there is no way for the events of the book of Revelation to play out without it impacting every human being who has ever lived forever. Right. So it's a very, very specific type of prophecy. Um, and depending on which type of evangelical you are or Latter day Saint, you do something different with it. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about covenant theology 
and dispensationalism. Now, Latter-day Saint friends, I know we have our own meanings for what those two words are. And if I put them together like that, your mind probably does not immediately go to any conflict between the two of them. Those are two concepts we talk about all the time. How is God working in this dispensation? How does God work through covenants? But in the evangelical world, they separate those two things. Um, it, a person's beliefs are either formed by the idea that God makes covenants with humanity and and that kind of governs his relationship with us or the belief that God deals with humanity differently during different dispensations. But you generally don't get both, not in the evangelical world, not in the Catholic world. There aren't tons of Catholic dispensationalists, to be honest, um, in, in the Protestant world, in in like in the Baptist world, in any world of Christianity. You're sort of in one camp or the other. If you don't know what camp you're in, um, you're probably in a church that is not super concerned with like teaching theology. Um, but I can guarantee you the leaders of that church have an opinion. They, they have an education in the background about that stuff, even if they're not talking to their congregation about it. Um, it's a pretty big divider of how people think of how does, how does God deal with us little humans? Um, Evangelicals, especially of the the Calvinist persuasion, remember that's about sixty percent of them. Um, they would they very much would believe in the idea of covenants in a similar way that we do. The biggest difference is that they see those covenants um, as more like agreements that God makes with humanity. The people who either God has chosen to believe in them or who decide to believe in them, um, that they are the recipient of the goodness of those and that there are rules for how they enter into that relationship that are different than the rules we have. I don't want to go too far down that rabbit trail, but they get into their covenants a little bit. We go to temples and make covenants, right? They, they get into it a little bit differently and it's not, it's not based on, um, there's no ceremony, there's no ritual around it. You just sort of are, you're just sort of automatically in a covenant. Um, but those evangelicals who believe that they, they have a belief in covenant theology, they would cringe. They just absolutely would die at the idea of saying, well, talking about how God deals with us in dif- different dispensations is also helpful. Like th- there, there's no, there's no crossing that divide. They're two separate groups and, and vice versa. The, the evangelicals who really understand God's workings through how he works in dispensations, they kind of don't, they kind of don't get the covenant thing. They kind of don't see how that works. They, they see God making covenants with specific people in the Bible, but it doesn't really have anything to do with us today. Um, Latter-day Saints don't really have this problem. We go back and forth and we mix them together and, um, we do all of that pretty easily. We talk about how God deals with large groups through dispensations and how he deals with individuals through covenants. And, and sometimes covenants are large groups. Like we, we just go back, go back and forth seamlessly and don't even understand that, um, that there's a large portion of the Christian world where their brain would just be like exploding of, of not understanding what we're saying at all. In fact, it wasn't even until after I joined the church that I started to go, wait a minute, what? You, you can't have, you can't have dispensational thinking and covenant thinking in the same system. They're oil and water. 
So it took me a minute to kind of wrap my, to wrap my mind around this. Terrell Gibbons actually has some writing on this that helped me out. Oh, if I could remember what book it was in, I would tell you. Maybe someone listening, if you know what, what if you know where Terrell writes about that, please, please hit me up in the comments because I can't remember at the moment. Um, so how does this impact how we read the book of Revelation? So an evangelical who believes that God works in different dispensations is very likely to read Revelation more literally. They're trying to see a one-to-one correspondence between the symbols in Revelation and the unfolding events in history. And what they're doing is they're looking for signs that we've moved from whatever dispensation this is into this final revelation unfolding dispensation. And they do this by looking for really, really specific. It says this in revelation, this current event just happened. It means that it means that like they're, they're, they're kind of like watching and looking is this revelation dispensation starting yet? Um, it, it, a classic example of this is like in the 1980s when I was a teenager, there was so much talk, so much thinking about like who in who, the Soviet Union, who are they represented by in the book of Revelation and who is the United States and who are some of these other um, countries that are perhaps not quite in this Cold War in the same way, but are still players. And like that was the big deal back then was trying to figure out okay, Russia did this. Does it mean that? Um, so you can see how they're, they're very much looking for these literal interpretations of it. Um, it. People in this camp, this dispensationalist camp, they really, really deeply want everyone to hear about Jesus Christ. And part of why they're doing this literal looking is they're trying to... Um, Kind of read the signs of the times and see is, is Christ coming back soon? Their whole project is they want everyone on the entire earth to hear about Jesus Christ and have the opportunity to accept him or not. Meanwhile, the evangelicals who think of their relationship with God as being governed by covenants, they think about revelation pretty differently. Um, they believe that certain events can kind of trigger the the beginning of the end times, the beginning of what's unfolding in the book of Revelation, that humans have a role in that. And what our role is, is that every single be every single human being that God has ever decided would be saved will will be saved. Um they wouldn't say it this way. They would make the decision to be saved um, because in their belief God has already decided who will be saved, and he's also decided who will not be saved. So as soon as all of the very special saved people realize or accept that God has saved them, that triggers the beginning of the book of Revelation. So they're not looking at it in a way that says, oh, this is going to unfold on God's timeline, and I'm to read the newspaper, kind of one newspaper in one hand, Bible in the other hand, and try to interpret the events in that way, they they say um, really God's only project is to save those who he will save. Um, and once that happens, kind of let the whole earth burn. It is really sort of, they wouldn't say it that way, but that's really sort of what the attitude is. Latter-day Saints, of course, we combine these two views. Um, we believe that we are all God's children and that God would like all of his children back. Um, 
it, it that that is what underlies our entire missionary enterprise, right? Like very, very clearly, we believe that side. Um, and at the same time, we believe that covenants with God keep us on the path towards him. It's not just how is he dealing with a large group of people in a certain time period. It is also us and the way we are choosing to live the very specific covenants that we have made. Um, evangelicals who, who believe in covenant theology, they like an example is um, the, they would call it like the Noah covenants, the Abraham covenants. Um, there's an, an Adam covenant. They don't think of it as like, I am covenanting these things in my own individual life. They think, oh, like, Abraham stood as a representative for all of humanity and made this covenant with God, and therefore it applies to us too. So it's really different. Um, <laughs> but Latter-day Saints, like true to form, man, we want every single thing restored, right? We want we want both. We want to put them both together and make them both work. Um, so God does deal with humanity in different ways during different dis- dispensations, but all through that, we get our own choices on how we're going to live out covenants or not. So all of this to say, <laughs> the book of Revelation is rather confusing. Um, if you were going to have a conversation with an evangelical friend or family member, to be honest, you, you might end up just making each other more confused because it's all of this symbol and, and whatnot. The thing to remember here is they either see God working large groups of people specific times, or they see God working through specific people that applies over all time that might kind of maybe give you a little roadmap or it might give you confusion on top of more confusion in an already confusing book. I'm sorry about that. The very best conversations about the book of revelation that can be had honestly are about the end. Um, God wins, God redeems, everything gets redeemed. God is good. He wants us with him. Um, it's a really nice entrance into a talk about, the plan of salvation and what that means. Um, if you happen to find yourself in a conversation with an evangelical about revelation, I would steer it there for sure. Although you probably would learn some really interesting things about what their thoughts are and, and how their churches teach about it. it. It's really quite different than what we do. Okay. There you go. <laughs> um, we have two weeks left Christmas next week. Final week, I want to answer whatever questions you have. Have you heard an evangelical say something and you're like, what in the world are they talking about? If you tried to have some conversation with a family member that you'd really like to make some progress on, hit me up with a question, put them in the comments. Jay Roach at Fair Latter-day Saints. I will be happy to try and work it in and I will see you next week. Bye.